Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Straight Talk Radio, where we talk about technology and business, politics, and culture. This is Donya Keating. I'm your host, coming to you live from the Seattle area at about 2.30 p.m. Pacific Time on Monday, July 13th. Listeners dial 646-378-0261. We'll patch you right in for live on-air questions or comments. Press 1 on your keypad to let us know you're ready, and we'll have a chat uh, option that I think should be fired up right about now. And it might work better for you if you have a Blog Talk Radio account. That's what we've been hearing. Got a few technical difficulties that we've been experiencing today. So bear with us as we go in and out and try to get you a quality show to talk about a subject that um, we've gotten a lot of feedback about. People wanted to hear about it. We named this show, basically, uh, we're just keeping it simple, Confederate flag, yay or nay. And, uh, you know, just going to have some conversation about whether or not there are any costs to censoring history or whether this was something long overdue, does it represent heritage or hate, and just kind of have you join in the conversation and share some thoughts. And if there's nobody out there, I'll just kind of do a mini show and come in, come out, share what I think. So as we mentioned on our Facebook page, we've gotten about a dozen messages or emails asking us, you know, we get a lot of these, by the way, you know, why aren't you covering this story? Why aren't you covering that story? And we've, we've said this before, we don't like to chase headlines I mean, we started off with this as an experiment about a year ago, so we should probably be coming up to an anniversary sometime soon here if we haven't already passed it. But uh, it was really more of a, a an experiment, and we're still experimenting. And we just felt like we had some things we wanted to say. We wanted to hear what you had to say, and uh, we thought we'd uh, create a form for that. So we had gotten some emails asking us about the issue, including South Carolina's recent decision to remove it from the Capitol. And uh, we'll take callers as usual, and without saying that we're all about straight talk. I mean, we're not PC here, but let's try to stay focused and, and not go off the rails and be snarky. So, and that I'm not going to belabor the point. Let's just get started. And uh, if there's anybody out there, I'll just patch them in, and we'll go from there. Don't know who to expect, but uh, I have to admit that um, in looking on the internet. And sometimes I go through Facebook, and there's a lot of other forums that I, I tend to go through when I have time. I found that a lot of the discussions that are out there are very myopic, as usual, uh, sometimes self-serving, boring even, and uh, downright mindless. I mean, let's just cut through it. They tend to fall along partisan lines with sound bites, hyperbole, stereotypes. And uh, sometimes you really want to, just, want to just jump into these vacuous discussions and snap people out of their, you know, their lethargy out of the left versus right, Christians versus not Christian, 
very simplistic thinking um, about this issue, but also other issues. And with respect to the Confederate flag and racism and all the things that are surrounding this, you know, the resurgence of this conversation, sure, it's certainly complicated. And it's not a black and white flag equals bad and racist or flag equals Southern pride. You know, these factions are forming and they're spouting their pieces, but it really is a lot more complicated than that. And, you know, this was all sparked by the race-based massacre that took place uh, in a South Carolina church. It really has tipped the balance in a decades-old tug-of-war over the meaning of the Confederate battle flag. And so you have champions that argue that it's a symbol of Southern culture and it's the historic flag of the South. You have critics that say it's racist and it symbolizes the war to uphold slavery and oppose civil rights advances. Um, what's being discussed, you know, is that it's not the original Confederate flag. And the states went through, um, you know, three official flags during the four-year Civil War. None of them uh, was the battle flag that's at the center of the current country. Uh, and while it wasn't the Confederate flags, uh, the Confederate states' official flag, the battle flag was flown, actually, by several Confederate Army units, and I think we can include General Robert E. Lee's Army of Northern Virginia in that. But even he distanced himself from what was clearly a divisive symbol of a civil war that, you know, his side had lost. And so there are people who, and I've, you know, some of these things that I've been reading, who try to advance the position that the main reason for the civil war was secession and mainly about states' rights. And, you know, my thing is, no matter where you land on all of this, let history just be what it is and, you know, take it from that point forward to argue your position about whether or not you think a flag should come down, what it represents, whether or not we're censoring society and we're going down a slippery slope. Whatever that is, at least start from a point of fact and, and not emotion. So if you think about it, and I started thinking about it, every state in the Confederacy issued an article of secession. You can't argue with it. I mean, you can, obviously. I, let me retract that. There are historians that debate that, and there are some other factors we'll get into about they debate that in terms of drafting the documents and interpreting them after the fact. But, you know, each one of these states declared their break from the Union, and four states went a little further, Texas, Mississippi, Georgia, and South Carolina. And they all had issued additional documents, usually referred to as the Declarations of Clauses. These explain their decision to leave the Union. And the documents can be found in their entirety on the Internet at a variety of trustworthy places. If that's not good enough for you, you know, make a nice trip of it out to the Smithsonian or even go to you know, South Carolina or any other states that might have a, a copy of the uh, archived document there. But two major themes emerge in these documents. Slavery and states' rights. They're both there. All four states strongly defend slavery making varying claims related to states' rights. The grievances that came into the picture, if you kind of look at it, and, and I would say economic exploitation, the role of the military, um, these received limited attention in some of the documents, but they were there. And you can read in detail everything that was said in the declarations of clauses. So, you know, I came across some charts when I was looking at this, and Chris and I were doing this. We always have to conduct our due diligence I, I really have an objection to uh, engaging people that don't care about what's out there and what the facts are. So we wanted to do diligence, and we went to the Civil War Trust website. You know, we didn't get into whether or not it was 
a left-leaning or right-leaning one, we really didn't want to uh, take that position because, you know, there are some flaws in both sides. But what we really thought was interesting um, is that they created the chart. And what they did was they took Georgia, Mississippi, South Carolina, and and they assigned percentages based on how many words were devoted to the issues raised in each state's declaration and, and as a percentage of the whole. And they broke this down into some categories. And those categories were uh, context, slavery, states' rights, Lincoln's election, and economic issues. So context, you know, just to put some wrapper around that, it refers to procedural language that was in the document or uh, historical expo exposition that's not connected to a specific argument. So, you know, so we're going to take them one by one and give you the breakdown on what they did regarding the percentages that go into, um, you know, each state's declarations and what that looks like. And I'm getting a signal here that somebody might is trying to get in. So when somebody gets on the line, we'll fold them in. But let me just go forward with some of the stuff that we found. It was interesting. Georgia had 23% context, 56% slavery, 4% states' rights, 2% regarding Lincoln's election, and 15% economic issues. Mississippi had 20% context, 73% slavery, 3% states' rights, 4% Lincoln's election, and nothing for economic issues. Texas had 21% context, 54% slavery, 15% about states' rights, 4% um, Lincoln's election, 6% military protection. Now, that was an interesting one that was thrown in there. I don't think any of the other states that were uh, looked at had that. And then nothing for economic issues. And then the last one was South Carolina, 41% was context, 20% uh, was slavery, 37% states' rights, 2% Lincoln's election, and nothing for economic issues. So, I mean, when you start talking about what happened in South Carolina, obviously um, having a 41% context percentage and 20% slavery being the lower percentage, you know, next to Lincoln's election and 37% states' rights, I mean, obviously some validity to the arguments that you see out there that it wasn't just about slavery and that, you know, that's why you're seeing that pushback, by, you know, proponents that are saying, hey, it's not, it wasn't just about that. And it's very true, but the reality is also that when you look at all of these, you get some idea that there were other issues involved and uh, we need to acknowledge that. But we also can own and stop pretending that it had nothing to do with opposing anti-slavery states of the union. It is what it is. And, and that's where you have the conversation from that point, instead of people trying to drag you down the path of, well, look at this flag and look at that flag. I mean, of course, it has validity, but, you know, it's, it's like the difference between the, um, the swastika and the Buddhist, uh, you know, the Buddhism um, peace uh, symbol that people are talking about, too. They are out there. It is what it is. But the bottom line is let's talk about what we know to be true, which is uh, about the documents that exist and what their reasonings were. And let's just move forward from there, you know. And I think part of the reason why you see these positions, in my opinion, arising that are so staunch and either left or right or Christian or not and, and people trying to push back and saying that, you know, it's a religious war and all of these other, you know, facile propositions is that they're trying to protect their turf. They feel like if they give just a little bit, then all of a sudden we're going to start taking down every flag that exists and we're going to 
you know, everything's going to be about racism and you're not letting me have my rights. And I, I can't really say that I disagree with that entirely. I mean, I think there is some overkill going on right now and some kind of uh, race baiting and there are all kinds of things that are going on. A lot of it media induced. Uh, and we need to step back a little bit and, uh, you know, have some debates about the true causes of the Civil War. Uh, they're not likely to cease. Historians and commoners are always going to cherry-pick the evidence that supports their preconceived notions while ignoring large quantities of contradictory material. And, you know, I was saying that I was going to get back to a point here. After the Civil War, there was a really strong desire to find reconciliation and consensus. And so in doing that, there was a lot of massaging of language and, and, and kind of going back and, and re-engineering and that makes it even more challenging to stay on point, not only for the common person, but also historians. And that's why there are so many different interpretations about what really took place, because there are too many people trying to re-engineer history um, to suit a certain agenda. And I think that what tends to cut through all the, you know, cut through the BS, let's just call it, are primary sources. And you can't always assume what the intent is of people that are drafting the documents, you know. Like founding constitution, that argument always comes up about what the founders intended and so forth. But you can get a pretty clear idea of, of what they meant or what they were trying to convey, at least by looking at those documents and trying to step out of your own way long enough to, to look at that without over-extrapolating. But the declarations of, of, of causes, I mean, they at least as a primary source and reference can try to help us find a balanced uh, study or discussion of history. Um, so I guess the other thing is, you know, should the flag have come down in South Carolina? Well, that's not necessarily something that's easy um, because there are other symbols of history that uh, are reminders and they might follow. You know, we, we have something that's going on in, in society right now. It, it We've talked about it on different shows you know, the, the shaming culture, um, using the Internet or social media to, frankly, bully people into or even, you know, extort them into uh, taking certain positions or sometimes from the positive activism where you hold people accountable and, it, and it's kind of the, the government of the people by the people that we talk about. So, I mean, nothing all great, nothing all horrible, but just something to be mindful of. Uh, in society where we're trying to push back the clock in some ways and hold people accountable for things that they may not have said, uh, even if they said them, they may not have meant them. And, of course, some people that are egregious and they are offensive and they are doing things, you know, they need to be held accountable. I'm not saying they don't. But we are um, now seeing another form of attempting to rearrange or whitewash, you know, no pun intended. I shouldn't. Anyway. You know, no pun intended to history. And so you look at companies that are deciding not to sell the flag. So Amazon, you know, what's happening with the Dukes of Hazard series and uh, licensed merchandise there and just kind of ripping things off the shelves. And I think you can get to a point where I think you can acknowledge unsavory aspects of our history. And even incidents of today, I mean, it's not history, like we're, we're over it and done, so be quiet. But there are incidents of today where bigotry continues to be a very real part of our lives. But there's still also that risk of going too far, of swiftly labeling people, symbols, actions, comments as racist, or grinding them under the wheels of, you know, what I call social media shaming and pressure. 
And um, I think we have to get to the point where we ask ourselves the tough questions about how we balance making a statement that some things will no longer be tolerated in silence or at all and and making a, a statement that some things need to change. And balancing this with walking the very real and challenging talk of a free America where the right to say, think, feel, or practice something that's objectionable, as long as it's legal or lawful, obviously, will be a protected right. Many have been the parts of the world where that is not the case. And we have the luxury here sometimes in Western society of pushing the envelope via political correctness without truly understanding the potential implications of going too far. Now, now that I've said that, let me be very clear and let me speak slowly. There are legitimate gripes against societies and leaders. They have used their hate to advance agendas. There have been mass murders, tyranny, and worse. There are people that have been discriminated against that don't enjoy equal rights protection, and we're changing that. But we also can't cleanse or ban everything from the books. We cannot sanitize society. Some of these lessons, some of these occurrences, some of these symbols provide an invaluable lesson and reminder for us and our future generations. I'm not a politically correct person in general. Most people that know me know that. I'm not an offensive one who's prone to yell fire at a crowded theater either. But I do like to try to keep things in perspective. And I am not speaking from some uh, place of, I guess, people think white privilege. Because I'm a person of color, and I have experienced some of the things that we're talking about in society. And no matter how successful or educated uh, you get, there are some things at some point in your life you're going to encounter that make it very clear that we are not living in a world that is free of bigotry. Um, But I still find that for me, the best position that I can come from has always been one of empowerment. I'm not really good at playing victim. I'm not really interested in playing victim. So I do think that there are some very real concerns that we need to uh, be mindful of regarding how we present ourselves in society, not we as people of color, but we as in people, um, as we go about trying to correct and to create, uh, you know, because some things you can't correct. There are things in the past that we have nothing to do with. We can't correct those things. But what we can do is be mindful going forward of how we treat one another. We can find a way in this very interesting experiment called America uh, as to how we can allow people that can worship and people that don't want to or believe in worship, some people that are going to be left or right, some people that are going to like people of color, some people that are not going to. There are some people that are going to believe in homosexuality. There are some people that are not going to support that. No matter how you feel about that, the fact is that this is where those sorts of things are allowed to happen. Um, And we just need to be more mindful of making sure that everyone has equal protection under the law. So that's that's sort of my spiel about this. I don't know if there's anybody. Oh, I do see somebody. So let's see uh, who's out there and what they have to say about it. Who's out there? Well, hello. It's Charles. Hi. So, yeah, I've been I've been listening to your discussion and. it was interesting. I mean, people have to go back to the original reason why the founders thought free speech was so important. <clears throat> and it wasn't necessarily to allow hate speech, although hate speech can be protected. In a lot of ways, it was to make sure that no one person monopolizes the airwaves for their own benefit. 
that being they didn't want King George to say, well, here's 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 our line of thinking, and nobody else gets to speak, because then they realize that that can lead to even worse circumstances. So I think a lot of things get uh, brushed under, you know, have to be tolerated in order to allow people to be able to challenge things that are wrong. So what do you think about the South Carolina issue and um, the flag? Um, I think it's a part of their history and a legacy. And I think people are uncomfortable. We're we're trying to get to the next stage of of dealing with what I call latent racism and, and the fact that, you know, people don't always give everyone a fair shake. And obviously racism still exists. Uh, we wouldn't have some of the issues with uh, the way police laws are enforced in this country where, you know, there's there's so many people of color being shot to death and, and you know, there are rights. I, I think some of that stuff is, is reasonable, that there, there needs to be um, better controls to make sure that whether it's you or me, that the laws are enforced equally and not uh, unfavorably just because of the color of your skin. And I think what's happening with the with the with the flag is, in order to deal with things, they're now starting to reach out to symbols of things that represent, you know, um, racism. And I think the Confederate flag represents racism. Uh, it's a strong symbol. So they're addressing the symbols without necessarily addressing the issues directly. But that's just their back-ended way of trying to say we need to deal with this. So ultimately. I'm not really into decision. Do I care one way or the other? No, I don't. But I care more about what society does to address how we treat each other and make sure that we're treated fairly. And so things like body cameras and, and uh, you know, third-party verification and oversight and things like that are messy but necessary. Yeah, I... You know, and I think it's interesting that people tend to look at, you know, like, for instance, you or whatever and say, well, you're not a person of color. Of course, you have the luxury of saying that. But, you know, and then, of course, you know, I've had some um, friends and acquaintances that have this feeling that anyone that is of color who has a position that's not, um, you know, aligned with this is racist and it must come down. Then all of a sudden you're still a slave or you're a house slave or you're an Uncle Tom and you don't get it. And And to me... That's part of the problem here. Part of the problem is we don't care about thinking um, as a society, some people, and they don't care about the history, and they don't care about looking at the facts. They just want to have an emotional argument, which I will not have. The bottom line here, as far as I'm concerned, is you have to question things. You have to look at them. You have to be critical in your thinking, and uh, and you can make a decision from there. But, you know, at least start with that. And if, in fact, uh, we are dealing with an issue that is is – Diverse. I mean, the, the issue is not just about the flag. It's about how we address things in society. It's about all of the protections that exist for each of us, you know, beyond the symbol of a flag. And it reminds me of that show that we saw, and I think it was American President. And, of course, it's a fictionalized uh, depiction. But there was a, a scene in there with um, Michael Douglas. He was playing the president, and he basically said something that I really, really agree with. And he said, you know, if you really want to be uh, an American and you really want to have an America, you know, you really have to want freedom really badly um, because your 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 symbol of freedom can't just be a flag. It has to be the right 
uh, of someone else to stand up just as vocally as you and utter something that you are diametrically opposed to. It has to be the right of that person, no matter how offensive it may be to you, to stand there and be able to, as an expression of their speech, burn that flag. And when we are able as a society to be able to say that, you know, I may not agree with you, but I will agree with your right to to believe as you feel or to, to, to believe as you wish and to have a strong counter-argument or p- counter-position, I think that's when we really start to see what America is really about. I think that sometimes we want them in America, but we want it on our terms only, and we forget that our rights end where someone else's begins. And so... You know, the thing about the flag is, you know, do I do I believe in racism? Of course not. Do I like being treated a certain way by bigots? No. Do I push back? Absolutely. Um, do I make sure that I have rights that are enforced, that I have a right to have? Of course I do. But I also think that there is a danger in being too politically correct where we're silencing people, we're saying they don't have a right to say things, we're saying they don't have a right to believe things. Uh, we're we're coming up with the our way is the only way and our way is the right way and we're going to shame you and we're going to punish you and we're going to do all kinds of things. And, you know, we're moving towards those very lessons and those very types of examples in history that none of us wants to relive. And it's not just about slavery. It's about dictatorships. It's about, you know, all types of, of historical context that we have regarding when people decided that their way was the right way and everyone was just going to be quiet. So, you know, all things aren't equal. I know that there are people out there that say, well, you know, one evil is certainly um, greater than the other, and there's some validity to that as well. But, you know, the underpinning of our society, uh, it really has to be about having the legal protections, but finding a way within that system to allow other people to have rights that we may not agree with. Right. I mean, it's, it's a fine line. I mean, you have to look at things in terms of it isn't just what somebody says, it's what they do. You know, obviously we don't want somebody, you know, you know, using hateful speech and stuff like that. But but whether or not they do that or not, um, a lot of the laws and protections are designed to, I think ultimately we're trying to make society better, and yet as human beings we're still flawed. We, we all find preferences, you know, uh, we 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 like attractive people. We don't like unattractive people. You know, youth is preferred preferred over you know old age. Um, you know, skin color can be a preference. All these different things become part of you know somebody walking up to the counter and you know with baggy pants on, three sizes too large, and, and dressed shabbily is not going to be served the same way as somebody walking up to the counter dressed in a suit. You know, I think ultimately we we're coming down to a situation where what matters is the real question. Um, you know, the, the bakers who didn't want to bake the cake for the for the gay couple having a wedding, you know, is an example. You know, um, do they have other opportunities to uh, be served? You know, is, is, you know whose who's rights? Our rights end where others begin, and, and what happens in the in-between in the middle? we got to find a way to create a, a better, more equal society. We just have to find that way, next stage way or way forward. And I think they're trying to find that way, if that makes sense. Yeah, that that's interesting. Um, the, the point that you just brought up about the people that don't want to um, 
didn't want to bake the cake. And then there's some information that's actually coming out. I didn't follow up on that. I saw it and I kind of moved on to other things. But there, there was something that came up, I think, after the fact regarding that. I know I'm moving around a little bit here, but they said that when they had that, uh, I think it was 135000 or whatever, that they held that um, couple accountable for it. They said it wasn't because they didn't serve um, and bake a cake for the uh, couple. It was because they gave out their private information or something like that. So I think the first thing I wanted to say. But the second thing that I wanted to say about that is it's a, it's an interesting uh, dilemma because on the one hand, you know, if you don't believe, if your religious beliefs are against uh, gay marriage or homosexual marriage, and, and, you know, whether I agree with it or not, if that's in your religion, because I'm not religious at all, um, if, if that's what you believe in and that tell, and that may, makes you feel like you should not be serving those people, then, you know, that that's a tough call. I mean, and the other thing is, you know, you talk about, you know, no shoes, no shirts, no service. You know, I know they're different things, but it, it just it goes to show you about how there's so many inconsistencies and so many ways you can get this wrong. Because on the one hand, you can tell someone that you're not dressed a certain way, just like you said, with the pants hanging down to your you know, ankles or whatever, and you can look at somebody and say, I'm not serving you, you can't come into my business, even though it's a public place. And yet at the same time, because somebody has a certain civil right, uh, and, and it's somebody that is homosexual and they want to have a, a wedding and you don't want to do the cake, then you can't that you don't want to you know, give them, you don't, you don't want their business. And and that becomes very interesting because, I don't know, I mean, I uh, I think that on the one hand, if you don't want to serve people, you shouldn't go in the public business. Um, but on the other hand, I understand that if some people have religious objections to certain things, you know, like meat or whatever, I mean, you you can't really go in there and tell them that they have to do it. So I, I, oh. I it's a, there are no easy answers. Uh, I just think that sometimes there are people that are out there that like the cause you know, they, they'll go into a store on purpose asking for something because now they know if you refuse them, now they've got a lawsuit and they can enrich themselves. So it just, it really starts to open up this whole, you know, can of worms. And, um, you know, I don't envy them. And, uh, you know, rather than getting into a detailed thing about what I personally feel about that or whatever, I just I just think it's oh. just an unfortunate situation for everyone. I think that where possible, uh, you should just see people as human, see them as people. Uh, that de- that are deserving of love. That's also what religion preaches. So, you know, whether you agree with marriage or not, I mean, find them somebody to give them a cake. You know, I don't know. Just find a way to make it work. So I I, it, I can't say that I have the answer for that because I I don't have those sentiments. I I don't uh, I don't have religion I, religious reasons that tell me that I can look at somebody and say. Um, I don't want to serve you. But I also think that's the thing about religion for me in general. I mean, there are so many things in different types of religious documents that you could use to your advantage that say so many things, uh, and you just pick and choose which ones you want to advance at that point in time. I mean, they're, the Bible didn't think you know, at, those, at those times, in biblical times, they didn't think women were equal. And so obviously, I mean, you don't believe in that, you know, especially if you're a woman, so uh, at least I don't. And it's just one of those things where you have to decide, you know, which things you're going to go to the mat on regarding what's in, in, a, in a religious document that was written so uh, long after the um, incidents took place and, and have a lot of slants in them to actually diminish the value of, of certain segments of society, i.e. women. So I, I don't know. No easy answers. Well, here's a couple things I can say. One is there's always going to be some kind of laws in society because we have to do come to an agreement on what we'll accept or not accept. Um, 
and I think the re- and that and that's a good thing because you don't want anything goes. Um, you know, we have to have these rules in order to protect each other. And I can take the extreme example. I mean, the Confederate flag. Uh, does the Confederate flag symbol uh, offend some people? Yes, it probably offends enough people where you know a whole state probably shouldn't be using it as a symbol, even though it represents many different things, right? And we know this. So. Is it in the, in the long and short of things? I mean, they'll probably point up, you know, it's going to cost them so many millions of dollars to change the flag and everything that it's on, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, who knows? It's 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 not an inexpensive proposition, but it is a symbol, and um, and that symbol is part of this dialogue. But I can take another example. Um, you know, we we have a challenge to this very day to our existence in a lot of ways uh, when you can take something like ISIS. Uh, where they don't believe women are equals, and you know they they cut off the heads of infidels. You know they they they, they justify murdering somebody who doesn't believe as they do. And um, when you start thinking about rules in society, you make up the rules so that everybody can get along. But when you come across something like that, that's like trying to make friends with cancer in your body. You can't. Um, you know, because it does not want to cooperate for the larger good of everybody. It only wants to, wants to win itself. And, you know, this is kind of like I think we faced this last time when we were dealing with, you know, Nazi Germany in World War II, uh, and, and we dealt with it during the Civil War. I mean, there are certain things that, you like you say, I think the one point you said is you got to decide what you want to go to the mat on. Do I want to go to the mat on the flag, on the flag issue? No. Uh, would I go to the mat on... Um, people being treated fairly when it comes to police enforcement? Sure, probably something like that. When it comes to something like ISIS, is it worth uh, doing something in the world to you know, protect uh, Western democracy and its ideals? Absolutely, because I think it, it offers a superior model compared to what ISIS is offering. Um, on the other hand, do we have to do things better to incorporate more of the world's citizens so that everybody can share the goods in this world and what we're creating? Sure, let's find that model. But I know ISIS is in the way forward. So that's a long and roundabout way of saying the flag is a symbolic issue and it's trying to address a larger issue. And I, I can see why they need to make certain steps now uh, to get to the next stage. Yeah, I think that um, you're right about that. And it goes back to a point that I mentioned earlier about how we, we kind of you know, we push the envelope here in America. That's just who we are. But we we have a certain um, perception of what it means to uh, get rid of things or ideas or actions um, or expressions that we don't agree with that we find objectionable and offensive. And there's a certain level of victory that we can experience when we use social media and other tools to silence people or to get them to change or to shame them or whatever. But you know, living in a society and having been to societies where there is no pushback, there is no option other than, you know, to, to live in a tyrannical society. And I think that sometimes we kind of play with it here in America because we know at the end of the day that there's going to be some pushback, that there is a quote-unquote freedom um, underpinning that will always protect us at some level. And but I also think that if we continue to do that, then you, your point, I'm kind of rambling here because I'm thinking about a couple of things when I'm talking, which is really a bad thing to do. But um, it reminds me of, like you said, about you know ISIS and other types of um, movements that we've had in society where you, you don't get a choice anymore. 
And so if, if this is what you really want, where you decide that you're so intolerant of other people, where everybody's just going to be, you know, healed, then, you know, that's that's where you end up. If you don't start having real, um, honest, um, challenging conversations about facts, history, what we're trying to accomplish, um, and, and, and really kind of opening the throttle on this whole freedom um, theory and seeing what, what it really looks like in a society that is able to govern itself and and understand within lawful parameters what rights are and and multiple rights that are that are on opposite poles. So I don't know. Yeah, well, and 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 it'll, I think it'll all go back to um, what allows humanity to advance, right? You know, when when you have a law in a workspace that says you know you shouldn't discriminate on the basis of color you know, or or, or gender, the ideal is color and people of different genders can make valuable contributions. So you don't want to just look at the white male and say, that's the only person we want to have working with us. That's why those those laws are written, because in the end, if we embrace diversity, uh, it's like diversity in an ecosystem. The whole system does better. But when you create a system whereby uh, you become against diversity and you want to destroy anything that's different than you, I think that's why that's when we start creating the laws to say we, we, we want to we want to create we want to discriminate in this way to create a better good. When I say discriminate, in other words, we want to have our policy support initiatives to make a better a better community, a better society. And when there are certain things that go on that would challenge that at a very fundamental level, and, and again, I, I guess I use ISIS because I think it's I, I think it's telling most people if they, you know, looked at their ideology, what they represent, and how they operate, they would realize they're while they're not very powerful, uh, they're probably the closest analogy to Hitler that we've had in a long time, a diametrically opposed ideology that is anti, you know, against humanity. And you can't you can't uh, you can't negotiate with it. Um, now, fortunately, our, our you know our, our military forces and such are in such a state where we're not at a at a um, uh, position that we're at risk. Whereas, like when in World War II, I mean, you know, my mom and dad's age, there was real concerns that we could lose, and you know, and that would change the equation completely. I think people would stop, you know being so casual if they realized that we could all lose our lives. I guess it would be more like what it was like during the uh, Cold War when, you know, both Russia and the United States could annihilate each other. You know, technically right now we still could. Uh, But the people with nuclear weapons are at a standoff because nobody wants to destroy the world so that they can try to get an inch ahead because they know they wouldn't be an inch ahead at the end of the day. The real problem will eventually become what if some terrorist group gets one nuclear weapon or ten nuclear weapons and decides to use it to destroy the cities by and stay hidden themselves, you know, in order to promote their agenda. Well, that will change the world overnight, um, and not for the better. You know, so that's that's really where we'll eventually be a hell of a lot more concerned, and uh, I think that's one of the reasons why they're so concerned about Iran is because of, you know, their ideology and how they act, although... You know they're not quite as as crazy. I mean, in, in the end, I think they will probably make the same kind of deal that the the Russians and the Americans made. You know, it's better to 
you know, tolerate somebody else and, and embrace diversity than it will be to, to try to try to destroy or harm somebody else and in, in the end be destroyed yourself. So just a quick, you know, we have been getting a couple of chats about, and this happened, I think, at the last broadcast, too. We are, we're trying to work with um, Direct Connect versus Skype, you know, just to give you some more technical background, with Blog Talk Radio. And last time, the sound quality was horrendous. We were getting a lot of um, double talk and uh, a lot of, uh, you know, just very hard to hear you know, the broadcast once it was finalized and we had to go back and redo it and then kind of upload it um, from the studio without uh, live. And we were getting some notes today that we were getting this talk from you, Charles, you know, that we got the last time where it was coming through twice. And I think it was um, something to do with a setting that I think we have gotten fixed. So that's the point oh. I'm making is that, you know, yeah, so... Thanks for the note from everyone out there letting us know you were still hearing Double Talk. I think it was kind of coming in through my studio and then also coming through um, the the podcast straight through the Internet. And I don't know what the problem was, but apparently it's gotten fixed. We're probably not going to re-record this um, episode if there are some problems uh, and just kind of let it be because we're just kind of running out of time all the time and it is what it is. But um, just wanted to throw that out there that the issue has apparently been resolved. Cool. But to you, cool. But cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool, cool, cool. So there you go, four times. Uh, you know, and just to wrap up, I, I guess, I mean, I don't really have much to add to uh, what I was talking about earlier today, just from the perspective. Of, and I think some people kind of send texts and say, well, you're not you're not really being committal. And it's like, you know what, I really am, but I'm not. And I think the reason why is because it's really not a slam dunk issue. I'm not the kind of person that personally, if I had an opportunity or a choice, I wouldn't have taken the flag down. So there, if you want an answer, there it is. I would not have taken the flag down. Uh, I know that it represents hate. I don't condone that the, the part of it that represents hate. But there are other issues that went into um, why that flag was there and how many different flags there were. And those things have some some legitimacy, even though I don't agree. I'm going to say it many times. I don't agree with racism, and I don't agree with the the message of hate that was there. I don't agree with the appropriation of the flag by groups that are very hateful. Um, But I also am very concerned about the trend that we are seeing here, the trend line, which is uh, silencing and being very intolerant and pushing back and bullying people that don't agree with us. Um, and sometimes I think that those people are, and I say us, I mean, it's not like I'm on the left doing this. I'm really not left-leaning. Let's just get that out there. Um, but the point is that, um, you know, there are people that are very, you know, whether they're religious or whether they're Christian or, or whatever their sentiments are, there are people that are really pushing on them and, and, and really sort of um, stereotyping and generalizing them and using that as a, as a, a justification um, for silencing them. And I don't agree with that either. So that's, kind of the point that I'm getting to. Okay, then. So that that's that. Do you have any other comments that you'd like to, uh, you know, offer for the good of the order before I uh, sign off? Well, I would just say, I, I also, I, I don't I don't care one way or the other about the flag, um, but I have more concerns about, you know, how laws are enforced equally. And that's, and, and even if, and, and I, and I understand there's always going to be, I don't think we'll ever be able to completely eliminate prejudice. 
Uh, and sometimes people, you know, like prejudice because it works in their favor, right? So, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's always, if it works in your favor, you want it. If it doesn't work in your favor, you don't want it. And you can't have it both ways. I think ultimately that's, that's kind of where you're going. And if you're going to address these issues, you're going to have to have much better information, much better data. You're going to have to be tested to make sure things are going right. Like in this case, uh, the example in this, like like when it comes to policing, it's going to be body cameras, for instance. You're just going to have to have better information to prove that people are being treated fairly. And, uh, you know, testing isn't yeah. always fun. It means... There has to be a metric. It can't just be your opinion. Uh, you got to be able to pr- prove when somebody's treating you differently, and uh, you know that that cuts both ways. And then um, I think it'll just become a burden that the future generations will have to deal with. Yeah, and there are some realities in the world. There are people that are going to treat you differently based upon your outside appearance. It is a fact. Um, it doesn't matter, like I said earlier, how educated or well dressed or you know how how what this is something you're always going to encounter um at the same time i mean i don't want to get into the other part of this which you know i guess is part of the continuum of, of why people are but you know this whole police officer and shooting people i think that there are some issues with that as well but i i can also say hey you know what don't run you know there's no fighting i mean there's some very basic things we had a show about that um, where you, you cannot, and then there's some people that are certain segments in society that, that almost want to turn a blind eye to the reality and, and, and make it a racist issue and say, you know, these are our boys and our guys and you can't do this and you can't do that, but they don't want to have any accountability and they don't want to take their own people, quote unquote, to task and say, hey, you know, you really shouldn't be doing that either. Because if they say those things, they feel like they're given quarter and and they don't want to give an inch, and so therefore they say nothing, and then it looks like they're condoning it, and then that actually feeds into you know, more division. So I, I really think that, uh, like I said before, you have to have some tough conversations. You have to own your stuff, uh, and that's where the credibility comes in, and that's where the change comes in. So, um, But I also think that you know, when you're talking about this whole whether or not we're ever going to get rid of bigotry, no, I don't believe we are either. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that there are so many people, including people that are the most vocal, that are pushing against racism and bigotry, that are fighting. They're the same way. You just don't hear it. You know, they have it in their little quiet coffee conversations behind closed doors where nobody can hear it. Or they have these other ways of treating you that are disparate, that they don't either acknowledge or they're not aware of. I mean, so it's there. And as long as it's there and as long as we keep putting ourselves on pedestals, pedestals and pretending like, well, not us, you know, we have good friends that are of color, or we understand because we're Jewish, or, you know, whatever it is, as long as people condone that, um, we're always going to have it in society. And, uh, you know, frankly, I come from a place where I don't like it, but I would much rather um, deal with a person that has it out there in the open where you know where they stand than people that pretend like they're, um, you know, such enlightened, tolerant accepting people and then they have other things that are going on that are contrary to that to that uh that posing appearance that they have. So that's my thing. Nothing more to add here. And uh I guess I will just sign off. And thank you, Charles, for calling in. It's always You're nice welcome. to not just be sitting here talking to myself. Yep, yep. Uh we're done for today. Thank you for tuning in. You can find this as a podcast where you're listening right now. Also iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn. Follow us on Facebook at backslash STRA Talk Radio. 
Sammy Tommy Roger, the number eight talk radio. Sonia Keating, signing off at about 3.15 Pacific Time on Monday, July 13th. Hasta la vista, baby. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.